Welcome in to the Football Kingdom podcast. Training camp has officially wrapped and we are well underway in the preseason. We're wrapping up week two of preseason football right now between the Ravens and Commanders. And I personally am ready for real football. We're about a two and a half weeks away from the Chiefs and Lions kicking off Thursday night football and kicking off the 2023 season. I think everybody's kind of feeling that way. People are going crazy and making skies falling remarks about their teams in the preseason. And I think if that's you and you have any sort of revelation about how your team's doing, um, I think you need to relax and just understand that this is all for the coaches and it's not for us. And I'm really looking at uh, some people with the Chiefs kingdom. After the first week against the Saints, a lot of people were pretty much saying that the Chiefs couldn't win the Super Bowl because the Chiefs defense couldn't hang with the Saints number one offense. And what are we going to do? We don't have Chris Jones. And with Chris Jones, obviously he is holding out. Uh, waiting for the contract extension. And as the regular season gets closer, I am starting to wonder if a deal is ever going to get done with him. And we'll see if that happens or if he just plays this contract out and goes and gets paid by somebody else. Or if he's here week one, I think we'll, he will at least be here by week one, whether or not that's with a new deal remains to be seen. But I think if he was going to get a deal done, it would have happened already. I don't think anything is going to change between now and the beginning of the season. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Tyler, what are your thoughts on the Chris Jones situation? I think you're probably right, quite honestly. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs came out and were like, we're not trading him. He deserves to get paid. And I'm like, as a Chiefs fan, I'm like, all right, yeah, this is what you want to hear. But now I'm like, that's the stuff they're supposed to say. You know, that's the <clears throat> that's their side of like, hey, here's our side of it. You know, we know his agent is going to put out their side of the story. And the Chiefs are going to want to say kind of their piece and say, yeah, we're going to say the right things. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. So far, uh, it's, you know all quiet on the Western front right now. They haven't really talked much last two weeks, no real updates. Um, so yeah, it really remains to be seen if a deal gets done before the season. Uh, probably not, you know, we'll probably see him, like you said, uh, join the team at some point when they finally are like, all right, we're not going to get anything done or they surprise the heck out of us. Cause honestly, I mean, I'd like to say the Chiefs need him, and that would be awesome to have him because they do have a pretty young defensive line who could have some guys pop, but, you know, more often than not, that's you've got these guys for a couple of years. You kind of know what you have. Um, so on the other side, you kind of do need him, but I don't know. If we're really lucky, you know, Karloftis and, and the crew can come in and you know, fill that void if that does come to pass. But yeah, I think yeah. 
I think if you're in the Chris Jones camp, you're in a tough situation because it's with the CBA, the Chiefs, you know, he can't waive the fines that he has compiled for missing all the time that he has and his fine has is well over a million dollars now and at a certain point do you commit to the holdout and just lose out on that money and go six weeks and come back you know come back in week six or do you say man i'm missing out on a lot of money and you're back for for week one so tough spot to be in and i really i think at this point i don't really know how much leverage chris jones has over the chiefs yeah yeah and you know back to your point of preseason it's like yeah cheese (laughs) cheese fans just in general like on our twitter is like uh okay or you know your your aunts and uncles on facebook who are like the chiefs defense (laughs) is looking terrible or you aunts and uncles right (laughs) or your fair weather fans who really don't know what preseason is all about who are sitting there (laughs) watching every snap and i'm like guys well, as you said, that's a really good point. This is not for us. This it's is not the for team. us. Half of these guys, you know, are going to be working at a gym. You know, or the firefighters, sure. you know. Well, if you if you looked at training camp or spring, oh my goodness, preseason games the way that some people do, you would look at the last game and be like, man, Shane Buchel should be the Chiefs starting quarterback because he played <laughs> the best out of everybody. So yeah. it's just take it all with a grain of salt and just let let the process happen. Like the seasons are not won and lost in the preseason. There's no correlation into the regular season. No. So just relax. Chiefs have got some some other pieces missing that we're hoping to get back soon. So I just had to open my mouth. <laughs> and well, okay, I'll be <clears throat> like I usually am is optimistic and probably more so than I should, but you know, I just had to come out and say, oh, Darius Tony, it's overblown. His <laughs> his injury history isn't going to come back like it always does. And of course, week one, uh, oh, well, shoot, before week one, you know, it was, he's got surgery on a torn meniscus. Um, last I heard, he's still hopeful to play week one. They honestly have, you know, an embarrassment of riches with Mahomes and his receivers. So they don't really need to rush this guy back, quite honestly. You know, save I, him until the later part of the season. I kind of I agree with you there uh, because I don't think that I don't think Kadarius. Uh, obviously, Kadarius Tony cannot hold up for sixteen, seventeen games. Kadarius Tony, I don't think has a thousand yards in him. I don't think his body is that. So I think you know if you can let him come back slowly. Yeah, and you trust the core that you have that's healthy. You should, you should do that because we we saw it last season. Give anybody to Patrick Mahomes, and he'll he'll make them shine. Yeah, and I mean he's got plenty of receivers, and honestly, a pretty good running back core to lean on for quite a while. And of course. Travis Kelsey. So, you know, MVS, Sky Moore, I'm hearing is more and more a wide receiver one every day. These young guys are looking great. Uh, 
So, but yeah, um, <clears throat> kind of wanted to cover some injuries of other players in the league as well, more top names, and just how devastating you know these injuries are in the off season. You know, Jody Fortson obviously uh, shoulder uh, surgery on the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos got like decimated with like season ending. You know, Tim Patrick out, left Achilles. Uh, Jonas Griffin, linebacker, Achilles. Javante Williams was out, and he is back. I think he played in the preseason game looking pretty solid. Um, the Browns lost uh, Jacob Phillips, linebacker. Uh, he had a torn pack. He's done for the season. The Cardinals were already going to be bad. I don't know how much Marlon Mack was going to do for them. Achilles, gone. Uh, Eagles. Sean Bradley, linebacker, Achilles, you know, just everybody. Achilles down for everyone. Another um, Achilles. How many Achilles injuries is that? Jeez. We got Colts. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's let's maybe say the uh, let's let's come back to the Colts. Um, we got uh, the Dolphins. Jalen Ramsey, obviously, that happened a while ago. Um, and you know what? Yeah, you've got some like a potential suspension with uh, Tyree Kill. Uh, with his weird incident on a boat, who the heck knows what that's even going to come out to be. Um, I saw something I where they might not even deal with that until next season. So, Oh, wow. Okay. The Dolphins might might get away with having him this year. Interesting. Okay. Camara uh, is, like I said, on um, the uh, the NFC preview <clears throat> he's gonna have a three-game suspension instead of the six um apparently that's his uh incident in las vegas was you know him and his boys beating somebody up uh typically that's gonna be a six game but i think he's done and said and you know donated all the right things to uh take that down to a three-game suspension i think is kind of what's happening there um to knock that down, just typically, that's like, yeah, we don't mess around. That's six games. But I think he's done all the right things you're supposed to be doing in that situation. Um, moving on to the 49ers, you know, Ray Ray McLeod, wide receiver, he hurt his wrist. I think he broke his wrist, actually. Uh, sounds like he'll be back in October. Um, but, you know, you've got Nick Bosa. He's into his fifth week of a holdout. Yeah, Nick Bosa is holding out and he is kind of in a similar situation to Chris Jones. The difference though is that Nick Bosa is about four years younger. I think he's 25 and probably he might be the best defensive player in the league right now. You could make an argument and he's on his rookie deal. So his holdout, the fines that he is receiving right now can actually be waived because he's on that first deal. So he has a little bit more leeway to to wait and kind of force the, the 49ers hand. The Indianapolis Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor, has just been granted permission from the Colts to seek a trade. Now, Jonathan Taylor has been unhappy and he's been absent from uh, all the Colts activities so far. And he asked for a trade and the Colts are granting it and they're going to be looking for a first round draft pick or a collection of picks.
that equates to one. And that's from ESPN's Stephen Holder reporting that. And this one's odd to me because if you think that Jonathan Taylor is worth a first-round pick, getting a first-round pick in return, don't you think that you should just pay him? Exactly. It doesn't. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. What it tells you is that the Colts do not value the running back position, which, to be fair, I don't really value the running back position that way either. Now, we saw Jonathan Taylor two years ago be an all-world player, and he was he was in MVP talks, which is just not something that a running back does. So it's a little funky, but yeah, he's, he is, you know, two things are going to happen. He's going to, he's going to end up being traded. I think any team that trades for him and extends him will be crazy because that's a lot to give up for running back or he's going to, just come back and he's going to play out his contract and he's just probably not going to be very happy all season. And then he'll go sign elsewhere. I think that the Colts need him because the Colts are in kind of a transition phase as a franchise. They've got a rookie quarterback and Anthony Richardson coming in that is going to go through some growing pains as every young quarterback does. And it would be nice to have a guy a veteran like Jonathan Taylor that you could rely on. But kind of sounding like that's not going to be the case, Tyler. I mean, as usual, the fans sound more logical than the owners because <laughs> you made perfect sense. They absolutely should have that veteran RB there. And honestly, I think it's time for him to have a bounce back because he was like one of the better players in the entire league and absolutely their MVP. <clears throat> He's kind of fallen off since then. And honestly, so was the rest of their team, but uh, I don't know what they're thinking with asking for a, a first round. Like if you thought that, then you would have paid him already. You clearly, you've shown everybody what you think he's worth. The rest of the league ain't paying him or trading for that. They clearly don't value RBs that high any longer. So why even ask that price? Uh, yeah, the Colts. Yeah, not making a lot of sense to me right now. Yeah, I think uh, I think they messed this one up. <laughs> <laughs> Staying in the realm of running backs, former dominant running back Ezekiel Elliott has signed with the Patriots, and believe he has reported already. Is that correct, Tyler? Yeah, they already showed him at um, at training camp. And <clears throat> he's, uh, yeah, they signed up for a one-year, six million. It's three million base, one million signing bonus, and up to six in incentives. So seems still like a little high for who he, who he is or who he's been. Honestly, but what did Dalvin Cook sign for? That sounds similar to what he did. Um, you know, we didn't actually cover that, did we? We did not, but that's okay. We'll cover it right now. <laughs> we sure will. 
Yeah, Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. The Jets are going for it, aren't they? This is... As they should. Yeah, they absolutely should. They've got Aaron Rodgers for, what is it, two years? And honestly, I, I, I like the Bills, but we talked about it earlier, or last episode, that we see the fractures in that franchise, and... Jets and Bills go week one, Monday Night Football. So, you know, the, the table is going to be set week one there. So, it's going to be interesting. And yeah, he, he'd signed a very similar contract, which is, yeah, in my eyes, Zeke is not anywhere near Dalvin Cook, and they signed him for $7 million. Uh, 5.8 guaranteed. So, there you go. Very, very odd signing for the, the Patriots, especially the Patriots. They normally don't give out those kind of contracts to guys who are kind of. Yeah, they off. don't. They don't. But that feels to me more like. The Patriots kind of need some juice. Sure. Because they're at this point, you know, the Patriots were obviously the class of the NFL for 20 years. Right. And now they're they're an afterthought in the AFC East. And not to say that Zeke's going to, you know, win them three more games than any other running back would have, but maybe having a name like that in the house can sell tickets. I don't know, you know? <laughs> I don't know either. I don't really believe in Zeke anymore, but <laughs> sure. Go ahead but yeah. and double check and see what you got. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Bill Belichick. You, if if they come up short this year, it's got to be his last year in New England, right? Uh, I don't know. Does he go back to the Browns? I, I mean, <laughs> I I think he retires because really? I mean he's got to be mid seventies. Let's yeah, he's got to be seventy three, seventy four years old. So, okay, he's 71. 71 years old. Likely missing the playoffs this season. I think there's way too many teams in the AFC that are significantly better than the Patriots. They're they're an yeah. eight-win club. So, but yeah, we're we're getting we're getting down to the wire. The preseason, we've got one more week of that, and then gonna kind of gonna get into the good stuff. September seventh, Chiefs Broncos, not Chiefs Broncos, Chiefs Lions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this, to me, is a game that I think the Chiefs will win, but this is this feels like a game that the Lions could come in and realistically spoil so i think that the chiefs need to really bring their best the lions are an up-and-coming exciting team yeah they absolutely could come in and shock the chiefs but i don't think that's happening quite honestly <laughs> i believe in the <clears throat> chiefs coming back even with all these new players um gary as the lions were at the end of the season and as good as they probably are going to be um, I don't see them beating them opening day. 
you know, at Arrowhead, that's going to be pretty tough. Raising the banner. Yeah, it's going to be a party. Yeah. (laughs) Are they going to spoil that party? Probably not, because the Chiefs are going to win 14 games this year. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) He's Tyler Mallett. I'm Brandon Johnson. This is the Football Kingdom Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.